Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, I'm not mad at the Hawks. You don't get in it to you don't get out of it to get back in it, and I'm not feeling this pace. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, it finally happened, right? Yesterday, we got news that John Collins was traded to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay and a second round pick in let's call it what it is. Okay. Let's not mince words. Let's call it exactly what it is. This was a salary dump. Now I'm not mad at the Atlanta Hawks for doing this. Now, several things that we need to cover here. Okay. First off, Rudy Gay. All right. That's going to be a piece that is not going to be on the Hawks roster here. Probably pretty quickly. I'll bet you by the time, they're allowed to announce the deal, which would be July 6th, that he might not even be on the roster, that he'll either be bought out or he'll he'll just he'll get a buyout and, and he'll be gone from the Atlanta Hawks. I, I don't anticipate Rudy Gay being here because they need the roster spot more than anything to give them the flexibility that they need to be able to add more pieces. So he's going to be gone. Um, the second round pick, again, that's a that's a sellable asset. Right. That that doesn't even matter. That that's to help make money and everything else work out right. So did the Hawks get anything back in return for John Collins? No. No, they didn't get anything back in return. They didn't get anything that can help their team. They didn't get anything back that is any of significance. Their team took a step backward from a talent perspective yesterday than it is today. Losing John Collins doesn't make the Hawks better. And they didn't get anything back in return from. I'm okay with all of that. I'm okay with all of that. This is the first step in what they're doing as far as this offseason. Now, I'm glad, too, that they didn't run it back because that was my big fear about what the Hawks were going to do is they were just going to simply run it back with this group and Quinn Snyder was going to look at this group and say, okay, I can win with this team. And they were going to run it back as is until the trade deadline next year. So I'm, I'm glad that we're making the moves. I'm, I'm glad that we're making the moves. It isn't like John Collins is a bad player. He's not a bad player, not a bad guy. But I do think that it was time for John Collins to finally move out of this franchise, right? I mean, I, I don't it's not a matter of he wore out his welcome or what have you, but the time had probably come to go a different direction with this franchise than what John Collins was bringing to it. Right. And with DeJounte, with Trey young, you know, it's a more guard oriented offense. <clears throat> there probably just wasn't the opportunity for John Collins to be able to shine on this roster. So I'm not mad about the Hawks for all of that. I'm not mad that the Hawks, didn't get anything back for him. Okay. I mean, they 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 got some things back that they 
lower their luxury tax threshold. They're below the luxury tax now, and they open up a roster spot. So from that perspective, and we'll talk about this here in just a minute, but from that perspective, I understand, okay? But they did not get better day over day with losing John Collins. Now, the next move that's going to happen, that has to be about strengthening the roster and getting the Hawks better as a basketball team. That's Landry Field's job, is to make this team better tomorrow than it was today. So he's got time, you know, obviously, but still, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see the next move. I'm going to give them the rope to, you know, do what they need to do, the leeway to do what they need to do, and, and see what happens from there. So not mad. This was probably inevitable. Make no mistake about it, though, too. I do think that if Quinn Snyder wanted John Collins here and he wanted him to be a part of this organization moving forward, I do think John Collins would have been here. Not saying that's an indictment on John, and I'm not saying that Quinn Snyder looked at him and and wanted to get rid of him. But if Quinn Snyder really wanted John Collins to be here, I do think that he would have been here with this organization. So, again, it's a lot to sort out. Obviously, John, you know, one of the, I don't want to say legendary or great Hawks players, but certainly he's had an influence and he's been here through good times and bad times with this franchise, right? You know, he's been to some low periods with the franchise in the rebuilding years, but he was also here for their Eastern Conference Finals run and obviously was a key part to all of that. So we wish Sean well. You know, now he goes off to Utah, you know, in a place where they're kind of rebuilding after they lost Rudy Gobert and they lost Donovan Mitchell. They're kind of rebuilding, you know, their their star power. They're trying to bring a guy like John Collins in. But make no mistake about this, this was a salary dump. And that was the first and foremost thing that the Hawks, isn't it kind of funny how three days after we heard about Brian Windhorse um, uh, talking about on the draft show that, well, there's a mandate in place to the Hawks to get below the luxury tax. Isn't it funny that three days later that happened while Landry Fields is going out there and saying, oh, no, we have the flexibility. We can be in the luxury tax or out of the luxury tax. And the first thing they do is drop themselves out of the luxury tax in a salary dump deal. So, again, remember when we asked this question about, you know, who do you believe? You know, do you believe the guy in the media that is telling you that the Hawks are mandated to do a salary, you know, to do a a dump of salary to get them below the luxury tax? Then three days later, that move happens. Or is it Landry Fields? Oh, no, we have the power and authority. We can be in the luxury tax and and this, that, that, and the other. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss again here in just a minute. But we wish Sean well. You know, again, it was probably time to make this kind of move. And this is not about getting the roster better or anything like that. You know, again, when you see a player like John walk out the door, you expect to get something in return. But there is value in the idea of losing his salary and opening up another roster spot. There is value in all that. You know, again, it may be hard to to see all of that, you know, through the fog and everything, because we just look at, okay, I didn't get anything for this player, but that's certainly a part of it in what the Hawks were trying to do. So John Collins finally moves on. You know, a long national nightmare is finally over, right, as we like to say. But again, this was not about trying to get players back in return. This was all about finding a way to lower some salary for it. 
And now let's hope that the next move, whatever that move is, whatever the rumors are and this, that, and the other, you know, when we just talked about yesterday on the show, not giving away pieces, you know, and then they turn right around and do a salary dump. But I'm okay with all that. I'm, I'm okay with what they did yesterday to start to open up the roster and lower some salary cap. I'm okay with all of that. Now the next move has to be something that gets this franchise better, a move that makes this roster better, and a move that's going to advance this franchise to getting back into that playoff run or second-round playoff that we expect that this team needs to have this coming season. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And if you're a new customer to FanDuel, you can sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet, where if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets. So if your first bet doesn't win, get up to $1,000 in bonus bets simply by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Now, FanDuel is safe, secure, super easy to use. They allow you to bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to how many homers Aaron Judge is going to hit and everything in between. So, look, if you're a new customer, head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on today. And if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if that happens. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So as we just talked about with the idea of John Collins moving on and all this good kind of stuff, okay, you don't get out of the luxury tax to get back into it. So Landry Fields can tell me all the things in the world about, well, we're communicative and we can do this and we can get in the luxury tax if we need to, but but we don't have to be a luxury tax. And all these kind of spin narratives that are out there right now. You know, I don't believe that Tony Ressler in these Hawks are going to be them in the luxury tax when all is said and done. I, I don't think that they are going to get themselves back into the luxury tax, at least for right now, until they see kind of how things are, are going to play themselves out. But I don't think that they are going to get themselves right back in the luxury tax. Like, why would you have made moves to get out of the luxury tax and dump salary just to get back into it? Again, especially if your roster isn't isn't where you think it needs to be. You know, the roster could be better, but if it's not where you think it needs to be, which is what we've always heard from Tony Wrestler, right? That that why would you get back into that? So I don't believe for a second that they're going back into the luxury tax now that they've just gotten themselves out of that. Like, why would you dig yourself out of debt and get your credit cards paid off just to go back and spend more money and get yourself back into debt? I, I don't, I, I don't that that part of it I don't buy. So that's why I say, I mean, when we ask the question about okay, well, who do you believe in this and the other? Yeah, sure. I think that they, again, when Landry Field says, oh, yeah, we can get ourselves in luxury tax, well, they were already there. They were already in the luxury tax. There's no getting into it. You were already in the luxury tax. Now the idea is can you dig yourself out of it? Can, can you make moves that get you out of the luxury tax? They did that. They did that. But then you're going to tell me that they're going to go right back in to the luxury tax? See, I'm not buying that. 
And again, it, it is odd that three days after, you know, three days or whatever, you know, after that we heard Brian Windhorst say on ESPN that there's a mandate to get on the luxury tax for the Atlanta Hawks, that that's exactly what happened. In a deal that didn't make the Hawks better, in a deal that, you know, again, didn't add players and, and swap guys that, that make this roster better, you basically got a 37, 38-year-old player that's not going to be here and a second-round pick. I, call it what it is. But do I believe that the Hawks are going to be a luxury tax team now that they just got themselves out of all that? No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that they're going back in. You know, and again, most of your roster is signed up. I mean, your roster kind of, you know, right now, that with the starters in place and this, that, and the other, you're going to replace John Collins, but you're going to do that, you know, probably at a nominal cost. But again, I would I would love to go get a Kyle Kuzma or somebody like that to fill that spot or a Pascal Siakam or whatever. I, I'm all for I'm I'm all for the moves that we're going to make because my big fear was again I talked about running it back and and I did not want to run it back, but at the same time I looked at okay are we going to be able to move some of these contracts or this that and the other. And, and again, the Hawks, I, I don't, the Hawks did the right thing. The Hawks did the right thing as far as moving on from John Collins, as far as freeing up salary cap, as far as freeing up a roster space. All of that's good. But don't sell me on the idea that we're going to turn right back around and now we're going to get ourselves in the luxury tax. Again, unless Giannis or Embiid or Joker becomes suddenly available, I don't think we're getting ourselves back in the luxury tax. Unless one of those guys we can, unless we can trade Clint or sorry, Clint Capella or DeAndre Hunter for Giannis or Joker, unless we can make a trade for one of those guys, we're not going back in the luxury tax. Now, again, we may be surprised when, when all is said and done and we look at this roster and we say to ourselves, okay, you know, we, we decided that we're going to dip our toe in the luxury tax and, and this, then and the other. Because, again, I, I don't know how you build a winner around a super max player and not dip your toe into the luxury tax. Can it be done? Sure. You, you have a roster right now that if you add a small piece, you can be a non-luxury tax team. But how much better are you? How much in the deep waters are you willing to swim to get yourself over the hump? You know, right now, are we better than Miami? Are we better than, you know, Philadelphia? Are we better than the Milwaukee Bucks? You know, Boston Celtics? I mean, are we, as a roster, better than what those teams are? I don't know that we are, not by losing John Collins. For, for all of Collins' flaws and warts and different things like that, he's certainly a better player than a second-round pick and Rudy Gay would be. So, again, there's value there. But I don't believe that this team is going to get itself right back into debt, into the luxury tax, just to pay that kind of money. Because, again, it's not easy at times to get yourself out of the luxury tax once you start to get yourself into it. And that's why, again, you know, unless you're going to dump more salary, you know, Capella or Hunter or somebody like that, or Bogey even, you know, unless you're going to get into the in, into debt more dump mode, then I don't believe that the Hawks are going to just magically turn this thing around and dive headfirst into the luxury tax again.
So again, we may be surprised when all is said and done. I hope we're pleasantly surprised. But this next move, you know, again, is it going to make us better? Sure. Anybody that we add will make us a better roster. But again, where I said, you know, in the last segment that I don't believe that uh, if Quinn Snyder wanted John Collins, that he wouldn't be here. I don't believe that Tony Wrestler is going to get in the luxury tax again after they just got themselves out. And make no mistake about it, okay? So there's no confusion. If Tony Wrestler doesn't want to be in the luxury tax, Landry Fields can say all the things that he wants. Oh, my group has the power to get us in the luxury tax and all that kind of stuff. If if, If Tony Wrestler doesn't want to get in the luxury tax, they won't be in the luxury tax. Landry Fields may have final say over the roster and who's going to be here and this, that, and the other. What he's not going to have final say over is how much does he spend? Because again, if it, that's going to come from the owner at the end of the day, you, you can, you can have all, again, you can have all the narratives in the world that you want. Oh yeah. We got the freedom to do this, this, and then the other, but if the owner doesn't want to get into the luxury tax or he questions the idea of getting the luxury tax, they won't be in the luxury tax. That's how it works. Again, we may not like that, but the guy who spends all the money and writes the checks every two weeks, if he says, I'm not getting in, in the luxury tax, we're not going to be in it, no matter what Landry Fields wants or doesn't want or this, that, and the other. So make no mistake about it that Landry Fields may call the shots as far as basketball, but if Tony Wrestler or Nick Wrestler say, it's not good business for us to be in the luxury tax, that's not going to happen. And I don't believe that they got out of those waters just to jump right back in and get themselves in the luxury tax. All right, as you make hitting hard your first listen, be sure to go in and whatever podcast platform that you're listening on, let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. Let us know that you're an everyday or five days a week that you're listening to Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We thank you so much for being a part of our ever-growing community. And listen, we ask you, we, we are so pleased that you're that you're here and you know being a part of this journey with us here. So let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So I'm not feeling this pace, you know, and that's a pun on words. So the Falcons yesterday gave Ryan Pace a a, a promotion um, to where he's now the director of player personnel. Now, you know, Keith Smith was the director of player personnel. He's earned himself a promotion as well. He's going to be the assistant general manager. Um, but, you know, and, and by the way, this is the spot that was, you know, filled by, uh, it was, it was Phil Emery spot and Pace is now following, uh, another Bears GM in that spot, Phil Emery, another former Bears GM, but I'm not feeling this, you know? And when I hear about, he's the director of player personnel, I'm like, you mean the general manager from the Bears that got fired and we were signing all of their guys to one-year contracts and really nobody kind of did did anything of any real merit you mean that guy you mean the guy that just a couple years ago was fired as the gm of the uh, chicago bears not after a 15-year stint of success like thomas dimitrov or whatever like that he was fired after a few years because his roster stunk and they're still one of the worst rosters in the nfl and oh yeah, by the way, you know, drafting Justin Fields and this, that, and the other, they were a three-win team last year. They were three and fourteen last year, and got Justin Fields beat up and banged up and hurt. 
You mean that guy's our, our director of player personnel? I mean, that guy's the guy who's now in here. See, I'm not feeling this, you know, and again, it's, you know, I know, I know in the NFL, it's all about relationships, right? That Terry Fontenot, Ryan Pace, they've worked together, right? They spent time in New Orleans working together, this, that, and the other. Terry Fontenot is still the general manager of this franchise. I get all that, but a lot of the way that the NFL structure works behind the scenes is just these guys, as you promote into these different roles, carry a lot of responsibility. And when I see <clears throat> the idea of director of player personnel, and, and we have a guy in place that wasn't very good at picking personnel when he was the general manager, because again, you can't have it both ways. You can't tell me that the general manager is fully in charge of everything, and then he's got minions underneath him that make all the decisions. Either the guy's in charge or he's not in charge. So if you're director of player personnel, you're going to have a definite influence over the way that this roster looks, whether at the collegiate level, free agent level, what have you. I'm not feeling this move, though. And and again, it may be a nothing burger at the end of the day as far as, okay, you know, what is his responsibilities? But there is something about director of player personnel that gives you some leeway over to what the roster looks like i'm not saying that he has final decision over terry fontenot or arthur smith or anything like that but he's definitely going to provide the information that influences those decisions and ryan pace was not a very good general manager in his time in chicago and whatever the reasons are i don't know all the politics or what ultimately happened with ryan pace here's what i know their franchise stunk their franchise was worse than ours. And again, I, I said this a couple of years ago. Why do I want guys in my organization that come from worse organizations than mine? Like, why do I want guys in prominent positions that, and again, I know that, that a guy can be really good, but the organization be dysfunctional. But when I'm looking at people that I'm going to pull from in the entire pool of the NFL, why am I picking guys that, come from organizations that are worse than my organization. Be one thing with Arthur Smith with the Tennessee Titans. They were a really good organization. Even Terry Fontenot, look, we don't we don't like the Saints personally, but that was a good organization. And they were able to do a lot of things. I mean, they had a lot of success and obviously they were able to dance around the cap and all these different things. The Bears, when's the last time the Bears have been relevant? When's the last time the Bears have been any good? And that and that guy and the guy you know at the top was, you know, who was running that organization. That was Ryan Pace. So I'm not feeling this move. I mean, I'm 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 not excited about this. I'm I'm not. Again, good for you know Keith Smith to get promoted and all this kind of stuff. I mean, no problem there. But I'm I'm just not feeling Ryan Pace. And and the idea that he's going to have influence over the way our roster is constructed or guys we bring in or collegiate scouting or whatever, you know, if there's, if there's even one, 2% influence, that's more than I want Ryan Pace to have. But again, it's all about relationships in the NFL, right? It's not about what you've done or this or that. It's about guys that you've worked with. It's about guys that you have relationships with. And I get that. I understand that. And, that's why, you know, the, the old idea of, you know, keeping your friends close. I mean, I, I get all of that, but your enemy's closer, right? I mean, I get all that. But still, 
you know, I look at this and say, meh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not excited about this. This doesn't excite me about their front front office organization, you know, as far as the direction that we're headed. When you have, again, could we pick somebody from the Eagles or the 49ers or whatever to fill that kind of spot? And I understand, you know, again, I'm probably making too much of all of this, but still, I'm not feeling this move. I'm not feeling this move as far as Ryan Pace goes to be an influence in the inner circle of our organization or an influence to be behind the scenes with this organization. I'm just not feeling all of that stuff. And again, it kind of makes me scratching my head about, okay, you know, what, what direction are we going with these guys? We have a failed general manager. He was, he was, he worked his way up into being a GM and he failed at the job. Why do I want to start putting that guy on the path to, you know, again, to rise up through the organization. Anyway, I'm probably making too much of this, but I'm just, I looked at that yesterday and I was like, eh, I'm not feeling all of this move. We'll see. I mean, again, I expect big things out of the Falcons this year, expect a big year out of them, but this particular move, eh, this feels like a swing and a miss for this organization. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. Let us know that you're an everydayer to the show, as we like to call it. We thank you so much for being a part of our community, listening in five days a week to the program. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and get the latest episodes of Hit and Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the Sirius XM app. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 